Hello, all you wonderful people, and welcome back to another episode of the Deliberate Distractions Podcast. It's your co-hosts here, Bryant and Gubby, coming back at you with a new episode. This week, we are very excited about the topic. Oh, yeah. Stoked. With that excitement comes a tiny bit of hesitancy. <laughs> that hesitancy comes in the fact that our answers might end up being a little bit unpopular. And with that being said, we kind of wanted to establish another expectation going forward with the rest of the podcast. Brian and I are very opinionated people. <laughs> but in that territory of having a strong opinion, we're also of the opinion that it's okay to allow opinions to change, learn, grow, morph. And with that, we both feel like there's two parts to that. For an opinion to be able to change or be morphed, grow, learn, it has to be able to be expressed. And so with this episode and with probably further episodes coming out, we've been dabbling along things of like, you know, maybe talking about relationships or some other controversial topics that might have not popular opinions being shared. To be upset at someone else's opinion, and it's simply that, just an opinion, not a fact, not a way of life, but what we believe feels like that might be an opportunity that we want to dive into the vulnerability there. We want to provoke feelings that you might not always feel. We want to provide that distraction, and in going into that distraction, it might evoke some emotions that you're not sure how to deal with, and that's okay, because that's what we want to do. We want to, we want to get vulnerable, we want to share opinions, and on top of that, if your opinion differs from ours, we want to hear it. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Like I, like I said, we are open to the idea of opinions changing, opinions shifting, opinions growing, being educated. So share your opinions with us. If we share something that you don't agree with, message us. Let us know. We're happy to have a conversation. We don't want conflict, obviously. But we are of the mindset that we're ready to grow and change and learn. And if this happens to resonate with you and we share something that you don't fully agree with, let us know. We would be happy to have a conversation with you. So with that long, agonizing, painful introduction, <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> I'll let Bryant take over here and uh, talk about our topic. Yeah, and this topic is, oh, I'm so stoked for it. It's summer in Utah, which means wedding season, like crazy. Um, and I'm sure it means wedding season everywhere else, but Utah is just where I'm at. And Gubby and I have had the opportunity to go to a couple receptions. And actually, it's kind of fun. Tomorrow, my younger brother gets married. So shout out there. That'll be super fun. And Gubby, one of his best friends growing up, is getting married tomorrow as well. So we're sitting there chatting like, you know, with all these receptions we're going to and luncheons and weddings, I think we need to have a have an episode about weddings. Like, let's do this. And so it'll be uh, it'll be fun, and we're looking forward to it. So let's get distracted. Let's do this. Let's do it. <laughs> Question number one that Google gave us. Well, if you type in questions about marriage on Google. Oh, my goodness. Holy cow. <laughs> be prepared for, like, you know the little bottom you can see there's like the google how many it pulled up and how fast there's probably like seven million and like 0.2 seconds so there's a lot of questions out there which is why we took the liberty of picking the questions we wanted to answer which totally. is where the opinions come in mm -hmm. and 
with that, let's just get distracted. So question number one, Brian, why marriage? Why? In a society that is so fluid and flexible and changing, why do you think people still get married? I think one of the things that I've just thought about is I've seen my mom and dad. Are they perfect? Absolutely not. But it is so neat for me to see what marriage has done for my family. Like the ability and what they've done as a team and how they've raised their children. It just seems so fulfilling and so rewarding and just a great experience. It has provided so much purpose to their life and joy that I'm sitting here thinking, yeah, like I want that. No, immediately I will say, I know there's a lot of people out there. I even have family members, extended family members that marriage hasn't worked out. It, it just hasn't. And is their life necessarily any less fulfilled or joyous? I, I don't think so. And every time I'm chatting with them, it's just, I leave those conversations like, wow, that is one incredible person. And I'm so uplifted and like those conversations are great. So to say that it's, oh, it's a means to a greater fulfillment, uh, that doesn't feel complete. I have noticed, I will say that when I, when I see my parents versus like a single parent or not even just someone who's single who's maybe recently divorced, the aspect of having a companion and a team in life, like that, that seems to have a lot of fulfillment. And, and not only that, like a committed team. Like marriage provides some massive commitment to, hey, we, we are in this together, thick or thin, here we go. But I, I look at that and I just see the fact that, wow, like it just seems so fulfilling to have a companion and to have someone that I can literally experience life with. That's, that's pretty darn cool. Brings a smile to my face. I like it. How about you, Gabby? Why marriage? This is a, a difficult question. You know, we're members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. In our belief system, we do believe that marriage is ordained by God. Mm -hmm. So it's obviously important. But that being put out there, this is not a religious podcast. We are religious dudes, but we don't want to sit here and focus solely on that. Definitely. So this answer, I think, comes from a very vulnerable place inside of myself. And I'm kind of hesitant to share it, but I want to. I believe that marriage is important because recently... You know, I have been going through some interesting relationships, interesting things happening with relationships, and obviously this podcast is not on relationships, but the feelings that have been evoked from going through, you know, breakups, from going through committing to someone to have it break off, it has evoked a feeling of incompleteness hmm. in myself, which obviously I don't think everyone should just go get married because they feel like they are incomplete. For but sure. I feel like life is difficult. And as you mentioned, the word team really comes to my mind when I think about a marriage. I think that I want someone in my corner that I can depend on all the time, 24-7, to be my biggest support system. And I feel like that is something that is missing in my life, which is why I feel marriage is so important because... I sit down and I speak with my parents about their marriage often, which is kind of weird. But I mean, I'm of the age where I'm looking to get married. That's one of the end goals oh, of definitely. a college yeah. student. So I talk to my father and my mother about their marriage. They normally always talk about how it is just a team effort. And a specific example of that is that my parents have been going through 
a hard time. My father elected to move from Wyoming to live with my grandparents in Ogden, Utah. So my parents were living a three-hour drive apart from each other. And they discussed how difficult that was because the person they love the most, the person that is their support system, the person that they need, wasn't there anymore. And so I think marriage is important because you can date forever and you can be an exclusive relationship forever. But once you put a ring on your finger, it solidifies that we are a team together and I'm wearing this ring on my finger to show not only to myself but to the world that I have someone that I love and respect and need more than anyone else. And so that feeling of incompleteness in myself, when I find someone that completes me, that makes me feel like we are a solid team, I don't want to run the risk of just dating them forever because I want to have that physical solid reminder that we are together forever through it all. Mm -hmm. So that to me is why marriage is so important is because you can have a relationship that's wonderful, amazing, fantastic, but without, I feel that stamp of marriage, I feel like it just isn't completed yet. I feel like there is that point where it comes that it is solidified and that's through marriage. Dude, I love that. Love that. There, There is such a level of vulnerability and... I, don't, I just think it's fun to like hear people talk about that, like why marriage or their significant other, because you automatically you just get a piece of like that vulnerability. And well, yes, you may be single, whatever, Gubby, like you can just tell like there's a lot of thought and there's a lot of care that goes into that. And marriage, marriage is important for you. It's important for me. It, it may not be on any of y'all's radar out there, but like it's just fun to hear that, that side of it. So you're the man. Thanks, Gubby. That brings up this next question, I think, Gubby. And this is the one where full uh, full transparency here. This is the one that can be a little bit of a hot topic, if you will. And so, again, we just ask you be kind to our opinions and know that we are absolutely open to discussions for them. But the second question we found on Google is, do you believe there are specific roles within a marriage based on your gender? So, Gubby... What are your thoughts? I'm going to be completely honest with you. And I am going to say that my opinion is probably not completed. Honestly, there's a big portion of me that says, I don't know because I haven't experienced it. But drawing from the relationships I have experienced and imagining maybe if that person and myself were married, I would have to say that I don't believe there are specific roles People out there who are married listening to this, hit us up. <laughs> yeah, true. We're, we're looking to get married at some point. We would love all the experience and knowledge we can have. But uh, when it comes to cooking, cleaning, everything like that, I don't think they're gender specific. Your wife should make dinner every night. Yeah. I think that it would make sense that I cook dinner once or once in a while or oftentimes. I look at some of my friends who just got married this summer and he – the husband in the situation is a fantastic cook, so he cooks all the time. I think that's wonderful. I don't think that a housewife is necessarily in our society anymore. My father, every Saturday morning, would wake up early to clean the house before my mother got up. It could be taken gender-specific, as in, oh, the woman's supposed to clean and vacuum. But no, my dad got up every morning, every Saturday morning and dusted and vacuumed the house before my mom was even awake, so it was just not gender-specific. 
I love it. You guys believe I get to live in the same apartment as this dude? Like, get out. <laughs> Again, it's just my goal today is to make Gubby writhe in his chair as much as possible, and it's it's happening. And I'm thinking, sitting here thinking about this question as well. And again, I I turn back to my own experience because I feel like that's that's all I really have is my experience. So I look at my parents, and then I have four older sisters, and then obviously I already mentioned him, my younger brother who's getting married tomorrow. Like. And I'm looking at all their relationships and how, how everything's working there. I look at my parents. There was a very, what we might say is traditional. My dad went out, was the breadwinner, worked every day, eight to five. My mom was the home builder, homemaker. She was the one that found a lot of fulfillment in making sure her kids were nurtured and cared for, cleaning the house, cooking, doing all that. And then it's really fun to just kind of run through my sisters. I have one sister who loves being a mom, but she can't do it all the time. She has a job and she loves going out and that's kind of her escape from being a mom. I have another sister who lives for being a mom, like loves it more than anybody I've ever seen. And it, it's neat for me to kind of see all these different scenarios that I have, because my question to this is if I believe in specific roles based on gender in a marriage? The the answer is a hesitant yes. <laughs> I think it is probably the best way I can put it. Because I believe the only role that should exist within a marriage is that that works. Every single marriage is going to be so different. For my parents, the, the role that worked and the role they decided was my dad for, to be the breadwinner and my mom to be the homemaker. The role for many of my sisters is uh, very, very different than that. And I, I th so I, I sit back and I think the only role that really matters is, is the ones you decide as a team moving forward, whatever that looks like. And I, I think it's really, really dangerous for society to put labels on that, to say, you need to do this and you need to do that. Well, what if that doesn't work? Then we've just kind of doomed these people. And then, then this wonderful young couple feels like, oh, I failed. Great. Where, where do I go now? When it's like, no, how about we just say, hey, what works best for you? Where are you at? What roles do you feel like you can succeed at and just kill? And what are maybe some roles that you need some help in? Because maybe we can uh, maybe we can balance each other out like a like a good team should. So when I look at, at roles, especially roles within a marriage, I think it's very, very dangerous to play the game of you do this. I do that. Uh, let's let's have a conversation. Let's let's figure out roles as we go, because I I'm also a firm believer what works one month in a marriage or maybe even one day in a marriage may not work the next. And uh, you have to be willing to have those oftentimes difficult conversations to be like, hey, this isn't working for me. I need something different. Great. Let's do that. And that may be super idealistic, right? I'm not married. Woohoo. Like you're sitting, some of you may be listening to me like, yeah, this kid's in for a ripe awakening when he gets married. And that could be the case. And if that's the, that is it, I'll, I'll gladly eat my words all day long. But in my mind, I sit here and I just think, why, why can't that be a reality? Why can't I sit down with someone I love and chat about what we want to do, how we want to create our life together? And those are the roles that we should fulfill. Just do what works. That's where I'm at. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> You almost sound like you're ready to get married. Oh, brother. I don't know about that. That was 
in so many words, I think that was what I was trying to express, but way better flawlessly executed. (laughs) (laughs) Which is why I think that I'm just like, I wish you could see me. I'm like, probably look like a goofball because I'm sitting here grin ear to ear, like eating every word he is saying because that was, that was quite the answer. And I, wow. Forget everything I've said. Just, oh my goodness. Just wow. Apparently is the day that we just compliment each other until we feel uncomfortable on the podcast because that's what's happening. Good. It's coming right back at you. <laughs> oh, okay. So now this this last question here. We picked knowing we're not married, but I know that we have some married couples who listen to our podcast. So... With this question, it was obviously our third question, I feel like, is the question that we intentionally pick to allow you to get most distracted, to answer, to share with us, to be a part of the conversation. So this is the one where you can pause. I think that if you're married, I think you answer this question with your significant other. I think that you maybe listen to this little portion here together and then talk with your significant other about this. If you're not married, pause it. Talk to your coworkers, talk to yourself. We go over this every time. But this is an interesting question that we're going to give the question and then rephrase it to be single college dudes. So the initial question Google gave us was, what are your keys for a successful marriage? Now for my mom and dad, that question is fantastic. Like, You guys go have a decent conversation about this. <laughs> for Bryant and myself sitting here in our apartment... We don't really have keys for a successful marriage yet. Obviously, we are, like I said, both single. Well, Brian has found himself in a wonderful relationship. <laughs> I am still so single. True. But we wanted to, to morph this question into what are we hoping for or looking for to have a successful marriage? More along the lines of opening it up to everyone. We at least hope that you have a relationship or you are planning to get married. If not, that's totally fine. Single life is a good life too. But for this question, we are single. So we were going to answer what we're hoping for slash looking for to have in a successful marriage. And since Brian absolutely blew me out of the water, I want him to answer this first so I could just (laughs) say, oh, I agree with him and end the podcast. Oh, please, please. I want to add a little bit of my own disclaimer here. I know, sorry, it probably feels like this whole episode has been a little bit of disclaimers, but I want everyone to know, Gubby and I have put a lot of thought into this. This this topic and what we picked is not an easy one. Um, a, because we do have some pretty strong opinions that may be unpopular, so that was a little bit uncomfy. But the other part is, we don't want to guilt, shame, make anyone feel like they are not enough based off of a marital status or really just a relationship status. Far too often in society, I have noticed talking with friends, with cousins, with with just other people, if you're not married or in a relationship, a lot of the times life just feels bleh. Like, don't talk to me. I'm not where I should be or whatever. To that, I say, throw that out the window. Like, you're the one who decides where you should be. So this question, well, yes, we're talking about marriage because that is what we're experiencing right now in our life. Like so many weddings are happening for Gubby and I. Like it's insane. So that's why we chose this topic. But if you're sitting there thinking, you know, I, that might not be my reality. Awesome. I love your reality. 
how can you make this question fit for your reality? And for me, that is something that like, I I hope marriage is in my future. (laughs) Like, I I hope that's something that's there, you know, and and so for me, this is a question that I can just keep in the same context, but I wanted to throw that disclaimer out. So something that I'm looking forward to, and this is going to sound so weird, but the nature of what I'm studying up here at Utah State is actually communication studies. And one of the emphasis that I've really been drawn to is conflict and how to resolve conflict, how to maybe maybe see conflict differently. So one of the things that is going to be a key for me in a successful marriage, I think, is being able to fight well, like being able to just conflict productively. Because if if my relationship doesn't have conflict, I'm going to be so worried. I, I don't know of any relationship. I've, I've met some of the best relationships ever, and they still have conflict. And I'm a firm believer that if you don't have conflict, there's actually bigger problems. Again, that's my hot take there. But for me, I, first thing is absolutely communication. It's what I study. I am so passionate about it. I need to be able to communicate with my spouse and be able to communicate my needs, be able to understand how they communicate their needs so that I can understand and and really support and be the best that I can be. And very close second behind that is we need to fight well. I, I want there to be conflict in our relationship, which sounds so weird, but I want there to be conflict and I want both of us to have tools and skills necessary to express that conflict, to love each other through the conflict. And then the third one is I've got to be able to have fun in my marriage. Like if I'm not having fun, I don't know what life's about. Like, and, and that looks so different. Again, I don't want to answer necessary specifics because I feel like the keys to my successful marriage will be established with my significant other. But like those are just three very generic broad umbrella like terms. Like got to be able to communicate, got to be able to have conflict, and I've got to be able to have fun. And however that looks specifically, I'm all for it. I'll go for it there. That's me. That's that's where I'm at. That that was said like three times, but that's where I'm at. That was a, that was a really good answer, my dude. I am going to take a spin off of our spin of the question. Oh, I love it. <laughs> so stick with me here. I'm going to more address what I look for in a future spouse. Oh, okay. Because I don't want to talk about you know things in a successful marriage sense because I have no idea what a successful marriage will be to me and to my spouse. So I don't want to address that, but I am in the state of looking for a spouse. And so hmm. I more want to look at the what aspects of my future spouse do I believe will provide an opportunity for a successful marriage, if that makes sense. Love it. So I'm going to go back to when I was living in San Diego. I was preparing to move back to Logan to go to school at Utah State. And we have one final sit-down interview with our boss, which we call our mission president. His name was Mark Stubbs. So in my last interview with President Stubbs, he challenged me to take the time and write a list of attributes that I will look for in a future wife. Hmm. And I thought that was unique because everyone maybe has a list, what you're looking for, things like that. But I actually wrote a physical list out. And so (laughs) I'm going to get a little bit weird here, but I'm going to share a couple from my list. Oh, I love it. (laughs) Which, if you know me, is kind of a big deal because 
this is something that fourth date down the road, I start asking questions that revolve around topics that are on the list to see how she reacts to them, to see her answers, to learn about her. And I don't really tell people what is on my list. With that being said, there's just a couple I want to share. A couple not personal, two personal ones. There's some really personal ones, but the first one I want to share is that I want my future spouse to be honest. I think that that will provide a key to a successful marriage and the fact that if you didn't take the trash out when I asked you to take the trash out, I don't think making up an excuse for the reason why you didn't take the trash out is going to help the situation at all. I in turn want in my future relationship for them to honestly be like, I am so sorry. I was literally just, I wanted to put my feet up and I didn't want to take the trash out because I feel like that of course will be conflict like Brian talked about, but in being honest in the conflict, I can't be mad at that. I understand wanting to put my feet up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and if, if I asked you to do something and you just wanted to put your feet up instead, I feel like I'll be frustrated in that moment, but because you were honest with me and she was honest with me, sorry, I keep talking like I am married, like Brian's my spouse <laughs> over here, but because my future spouse was honest with me, I feel like that conflict will resolve itself in the fact of, I understand that. Thank you for being honest with me and trusting me with the truth. I understand that. I sympathize. I empathize. I'll take the trash out. So I feel like honesty is so crucial in building a successful marriage just by the fact that it provides that layer of trust that will help. And so I look for someone who will be honest with me. Even in the small things, no little white lies, no omitting of the truth. Just be honest with me. Like, I can take it. I'm a 22-year-old dude. Like, hit me with it. <laughs> the next one I wanted to share is that this one's a little more on the vulnerable personal side. I look for someone who understands the real important things in life. And by that, I mean, for a successful marriage, in my opinion, the partners have to understand that, for example, in my personal life, I believe that helping people is something that is truly important. And that I would lose material things, I would spend money, I would spend time, I would spend energy helping other people and in doing so, it might cause a problem in the relationship because obviously finances are a big important deal in our society, but I would be willing to spend money on someone else to help them. And so in a successful marriage to myself, I think that it has to be someone who truly understands and is okay with defining what is important in our lives and going with that to be able to express their love through what is truly important and not getting caught up on the menial things, the small things that cause problems, but understanding there's more to life than ourselves per se. But having that understanding that there is important things and there's not important things. And for example, when I was talking about taking out the trash, that to me is not a really important thing. Maybe it is in a relation, in a marriage. I'm not married. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But to me, that situation would be a non-important thing to me. That's a great, I'm just, I understand you wanted to kick your feet up. I'll take the trash out. No need to have a big conflict. Will there be conflict? Yes. But that's going to be because there's an underlying issue somewhere. That's going to blow up in that scene, in that scenario itself. But understanding that there's important things in life and there are unimportant things and focusing and spending the time on the important things. 
which would obviously be established in our relationship. What is important, what is not. You can't come into a with a preconceived idea. It would need to be team worked out. Lastly, I am going to get religious, so I apologize to anyone. Uh, I am a very religious man, but I think an important key to a successful marriage is that both spouses, in my opinion, have to have a personal relationship with our Savior Jesus Christ and be able to say and accept apologies knowing that everything has a higher purpose. And that doesn't have to be just people of our religion. I look yeah. at my, my mother and father's relationship and my father does not happen to be a member of our chosen religion. He has a very strong faith and belief in Jesus Christ, but he doesn't have the same religious views per se yeah. as my family. So I look at their relationship and I see that they both love Jesus Christ. They both have a very strong relationship with Jesus Christ and that they put together a successful marriage based on that. And I think in my personal life, in my personal opinion, once again, hands up, don't shoot. I think that establishing a marriage on a, a basis of Jesus Christ and knowing that no one is perfect, I think will help achieve a successful marriage. I'm glad you went there, Gubby. Thank you. I hope at some point you've been able to pause and maybe think about this one because this is just, and I love what you did, Gubby. That was a prime example of spin this however you need it. Whatever's going to be beneficial to your life. If you're looking for someone to marry or if you are getting married or if you're just like, single life is going to be my best life, I love that for you. Like I will celebrate that with you forever. And if that's the case, then... What are your keys for a successful life? Where are you where are you wanting to be? You know, like you can you can do it. It this question is just awesome. And I think it provides a little bit of insight in where you want to be in your goals and direction in life. And you've elegantly expressed that, Gubby. Thank you. All right. So now that we have our discussion and Bryant has encouraged you to have your discussion, we're gonna close this like we always do with a you can do it moment to just Send you back into the chaos of real life with a little bit more gusto, gumph, belief you can do it. And today, I just wanted to share a brief experience I had this past week. My father had his birthday. Shout out to Woo! Joel. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday, Joel. Joel. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's documented in a podcast. My dad is old. Just kidding. <laughs> My father had a pretty chaotic birthday, actually. My grandmother has been fairly sick. She's getting better. She's on the mend. No need to worry. But there was kind of a culmination of a couple sicknesses that happened the night before my dad's birthday. And so much so that my father and mother actually spent the night with my grandmother in the ICU. It was kind of a stressful, you know, 24, 48 hours when my grandmother was in the hospital and it just happened to be my dad's birthday. So in trying to provide some relief for my parents, and specifically my dad, because birthdays in my family are kind of a big deal, I reached out to them and I was like, hey, let's go do something. And in the life of Gubby growing up, Gubby is an avid golfer. I love golf. I've golfed a lot. I really still go golfing a ton. If anyone out there golfs, I'm looking for a new golf buddy, hit me up. But <laughs> when I was younger, before it was like competitive, my dad was teaching me to golf and with my dad teaching and life being life, some summers got really busy and it didn't happen very often. Well, there was two days 
I could guarantee going golfing. That was July 30th and August 17th. And July 30th is my father's birthday and August 17th is my birthday. Growing up, I knew that no matter what, on my dad's birthday and on my birthday, we would go to the golf course for some period of time. Maybe go play nine holes, go to the driving range and hit a bucket of golf balls. It didn't matter, we were going golfing. So with my grandma in the ICU and everything a little bit stressful, I booked a tea time in Roy, Utah, and I texted my dad and I said, hey dad, I just paid for a tea time at 3.30. It's non-refundable, let's go golfing. And I was very concerned because I thought he was gonna be like, your grandma's in the ICU, what are you thinking? Like, no, we can't go golfing. But instead, he responded with, that's great, prepare to get your butt kicked. (laughs) And so, my dad and I, for the first time this summer, went out and we played nine holes. And I got my butt kicked, like he promised. And it was just a reminder that in the stress, in the chaos, in the storm you're facing, however hard your life is right now, find joy in the small things. We went and golfed. We went and had a fantastic time. I got my butt kicked. Round two is coming up soon because I can't go out on a lose for the summer. So <laughs> we'll figure it out. But I just want to share with you guys to, to find joy in the small things, no matter how hard the storm is you're going through right now, that there is joy there, that you can find it. So with that, good luck, get to it, and you can do it. <laughs> <laughs>